Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the Gospel for Life. We are continuing to go through the book of Psalms. And did I say that right? How do people, some people say the book of Psalm, and then other people say the book of Psalms. Is it correct or incorrect to say Psalms? I believe they're Psalms. Mm -hmm. So when you're referring to the whole book, you say Psalms. When you're referring to a Psalm, so sometimes people, this is, I know, showing my pettiness. People will say, we're going to read Psalms 119. No, you're reading Psalm 119. Right. From the book of Psalms. Right. Yes. So, <laughs> excellent. We got it all figured out. So, you don't even need to tune in anymore. Boy, do I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have been, you know, just working our way through the book of Psalms. Uh, we haven't been hitting every Psalm, but this is this book. I would say that this book is is really the mountaintop of the Christian experience. You know, I've said it like this before to my congregation. If the book of Romans is, is you know, the, the foundation of your theological heritage in God, then the book of Psalm is the culmination and the, the climax of your Christian experience. Well, you know, it goes back to even something we talked about during a Reformation week. You know, Martin Luther said, tell me what your people are singing, I'll tell you what they know about God. Yeah. And, and here... And here, this is the Psalms is the songbook of yeah. God's people, right. and and these people are singing not only um, their awareness of God, but their awareness of who they are. Yeah. Um, this is who I am before God, Absolutely. and uh, so this is a particularly uh, poignant book to be in because it addresses our whole Christian life. You know, it's emotional. Uh, you know, it it. it comprehends the emotions, you know, why are you cast down, O my soul? Hope thou in God, Psalm 42. There's some real wonderful uh, things. If you can't find yourself in the Psalms, you don't even know who you are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just real quickly, I just just a quick little plug. I'm, I'm just, this is, Jonathan and I both come from a tradition where we sing Psalms, um, and I'm so excited about the fact that more and more contemporary hymn writers and and, um, musicians are beginning to write more hymns and songs that are reflecting the truths of the the Psalms. And, I mean, we have clear warrant in in the New Testament, a clear command, actually, that we are to to be singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And so I would just encourage you to continue to look for – renderings of the psalms that you can sing because it really is as, as jonathan is saying it's the hymn book of the church from old um that we have the the great privilege of continuing to sing the same songs that really jesus sang yeah, yeah there's there's a there's a pattern there you know there's a, a metrical use of the psalms where um these things have been set to music you know for the church but uh you know years ago isaac watts uh he he actually created a little hymn book, the Psalms of David, 
in which he used them to point to Christ because, as we mentioned last uh, yet yesterday, these psalms actually do point to Christ. And so he read Christ into those psalms. And so a lot of the, the wonderful hymnody that we have from Isaac Watts was created from, from the psalms pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Amen. Well, we are looking specifically at Psalm 119 today. We kind of gave an overview of it yesterday. If you want an overview of Psalm 119, just go back and listen to that because it's so critical. Just a quick uh, summary is that Psalm 119 is really a portrait of the Christian life, the A to Z of the Christian life. Each stanza reflects one letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Each line in that stanza uh, uh, reflects that letter. It's an acrostic. It's meant to be memorized. It's meant to be stored up in your heart. Every verse except for like three talk about the Word of God. It's, it's really a prophecy about the living Word of God, Jesus Christ, but it's also a description of what the Christian life looks like. And so we are going to open up in verses one through eight right now, the first section. And let me just read the first uh, three verses. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. Now, I think a a Christian can have one of two responses to those first three verses. Either they can despair because they look at those verses and they say, that's not me. Or they can kind of pat themselves on the back and say, yeah, that's that's exactly describing who I am. Um, So how, how do we make sense of these first three verses, brothers? Well, first of all, it's a reminder of the blessedness of being um, obedient to God's word. And, you know, great illustration. I mean, I'm a dog lover. I've had dogs all my life, but, you know, we've had different dogs. You know, we've had the, you know, man's best friend companion, and we've had the dog that stays on the back porch because uh, he can't control himself. The the obedient one is the one that's blessed. The one that never learns this uh, obedience is you know on a chain or somewhere you know kept uh, away from the kids because he can't uh, control himself. So there's a certain you know we experience in a similar way a certain blessedness of being at peace of being having this wholeness in our life when we are walking in the statutes and the commands of the Lord. There's a blessedness. There's a you know it's it just attends the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I, I think a, a phrase you can put over the entire book uh, or the entire chapter of, of Psalm 119 is duty as delight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what Jonathan is talking about. That uh, Unfortunately, so often in our minds we see duty as something negative. And I think one of the things that was most insightful for me from Psalm 119 is, no, doing and obeying God, doing what he has commanded is actually what is best for you. It's a delight. It brings joy. It brings freedom. It brings peace. Um, all of these wonderful um, byproducts, and um, I, I think one, that's one of the the most dangerous things or detrimental things of the fall is our inherent sense of rebellion. Mm-hmm. That anytime we encounter authority, our our first reaction is to push back, and. It, I think Psalm 19 would say, well, that's to our our woe, um, not to obey and delight in what God has said. Amen. You know, when I, when I uh, was teaching through this uh, a few months ago, the, what, the, the first word that really caught my eye was the word blameless. Blessed are those whose way is blameless. Blameless. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's why some people read this. So my, maybe my conscience is is just tender. It's guilt laden. I read that and I say, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I love God, but my way is not blameless. Um, but that's actually not how the Bible talks about the Christian. Um, and and this, is, this is a rule of, of hermeneutics. In other words, a rule of interpreting the scripture is that you use all of the scripture to interpret any one part. And so the question is, is, who is the blameless man? Now, ultimately, we would say the blameless man is the Lord Jesus Christ, but listen to how the Old Testament talked about the saints. Noah was a blameless man. In Genesis 6, 8 through 9, it says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Or Job. Job was blameless. Job 1.1, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright. In the book of Colossians, in chapter 2, verse 15, it says that Christ has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. So when it's talking about the blameless man here, you know, the Bible talks about our condition and our position. Our condition meaning how we experience the Christian life. Our position meaning who we are in Jesus. In Jesus, we are blameless. We are righteous because we have his righteousness <coughs> imputed to us. And if, you, if we don't read the psalm like that on one level, we're, I, I think we're, we're going to be discouraged. I, th- I think you're right there, you know, and, and so, uh, but at the same time, this character quality, blameless or walking in the way, so to speak, uh, this is what characterizes our life. Yeah. It's, not, it's not, well, God forgives me so I can do anything I want. Correct. You know, I'm, I'm in Christ so it doesn't matter how I live. That's not the point of the passage. The point is that, yes, this is the, the, you know, this is the thing that uh, pleases God. It's, you know, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Be perfect because your Father in heaven is perfect. There's a certain um, you know, impetus toward that direction this is the this is the lean of the christian life is absolutely. in this in this direction absolutely i agree with you uh, if you look down just a, a few verses he he cries out in verse five uh oh that my way may be steadfast in keeping your commandments so i, I totally agree with you that mm-hmm. is is the lean of the christian life i mean the christian is the new creation but he's still crying out to god Exactly. That God would protect His way, and that He would walk in righteousness. I, the the blameless um, part of the sense of that is this wholeheartedness, and you see that in the rest of the Psalter. I mean, or in the rest of the Psalm, verse two, seek Him with their whole heart. Um, later on, it will say in verse ten, "With my whole heart I seek You." Um, it really is playing off these themes from the book of Deuteronomy. Um, the book of Deuteronomy is really a collection of, of speeches that Moses is giving to the people just prior to them going into the promised land. By his disobedience, Moses can't go in, and really the book of Deuteronomy is his preparation of the people before they go in, saying, if you want to be blessed of God, these are, this is how you ought to live. And, and really the heart of the book of Deuteronomy is the same theme of Psalm 119, which is you live to God with all of your heart. Um, and over and over again, that theme is stretched, stressed in both of those, Deuteronomy book of or Psalm 119. Um, and the sense is that by the time you get to the end of the book of Deuteronomy, um, Moses kind of puts this in front of the people and says, okay, what are you going to do? And the, the people are saying, we're going to follow the Lord with all of our heart. And Moses says, yep, you're not going to. Mm-hmm. You think you're going to. 
And that's really the sense of, of Psalm 119. Yeah, this is what the call is. We're going to struggle with it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't negate the call. It doesn't negate the this, – this is how we were created, to yeah. love God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. It's only in Christ Jesus that we can do that. Yes. Because he has done it, he then gives us his word and spirit to equip and enable us to do it more faithfully. Yes, um, And that's really where we get to later on. Um, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Mm-hmm. The word is a tool that helps with this wholehearted devotion. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hope you guys don't hear me disagreeing with that in my statements about blessed are the those whose way is blameless i'm claiming that this is who the christian is because i totally agree with what you said jonathan i mean if if we preach a type of carnal security like you know once you're in christ then just do whatever you want to do that's not what i'm saying at all what i'm saying is that there's a there's a person with a a tender conscience out there who sees himself condemned in these first three verses because they say subjectively experientially i'm not blameless Mm -hmm. my conscience uh condemns me so often (laughs) and i'm trying to tell them no 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 this is a description of who you are in Christ. Yeah, the, you know the line: uh, "You can do whatever you want. What do you want to do?" Uh, yeah. Really defines who you are. It, what do I want to do? I want to love God. I want to follow Him. You know, I may do that imperfectly. I may do that, you know, hesitatingly. But deep down, this is the affection of my heart. You know, the good that I want to do. Yeah, that's the. It, it's it comes from my desire to be with Him, near Him to obey him, to follow his precepts. So there, I understand what you're saying too. And part of the way we, we do it is by what it says in verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts. And the word meditate means to mutter to yourself. And so it's the idea of feel, filling our hearts and minds with God's word. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the key components of Psalm 119 is to say, no, if you want to, to live a life that's pleasing to God, what you need to do is fill your heart and mind with the word of God, which is really filling your heart and mind with Christ. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. 